Welcome to At The Whiteboard. I'm Nicole North and I'm your host. This season on At The Whiteboard, we're focusing on everything leadership, learning, and development. We have a ton of great guests ready to share their knowledge. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. to At The Whiteboard, and I'm your host, Nicole North, and I am joined today by one of my favorite, um, favorite new but old acquaintances. I don't know, you know, I don't know how to describe it, but Gary Brennan is one of my favorite people to chat with. There's something about the tone of his voice, the empathy, the, uh, the way he actively listens. He is just a glorious individual, so I am so thrilled to share the the stage, the, the vocal stage with him today on At The Whiteboard. Welcome, Gary. Well, thank you for that incredible welcome. Thank you. You've, you've raised the bar. So I, 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 I appreciate being invited when you told me about this podcast and what you'd like to do with it and what it's intended to become. Uh, it, it's been very exciting for me. So I'm, I'm, I've been very much looking forward to this. I'm so excited. And, you know, we've had... I think I've got about seven podcasts right now that are in the hopper waiting to be edited. Mm. And it has been just amazing. Uh, really what I wanted our whiteboard listeners to experience mm-hmm. is the knowledge and expertise of my favorite experts, the people that I would go to. Um, you know, I had, you know, my coach uh, on the podcast. So it was amazing to bring to everyone the people that I refer to. And so, Gary, tell us a little bit about yourself and and what you do. How long have you got? (laughs) Uh, I've been an actor for 25 years. And during that time, I've, you know, raised a family and so forth. So I, I you know, have a, 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 a wonderful personal life. Uh, but I've been an actor for 25 years and a performance communication coach for the better part of 19 years. And that takes me into corporate land all around communication. And it marries really effectively with the work that I've done as an actor and the skills that I've employed in order to get work and in order to just work on myself to get better so I've married the two disciplines, if you will, together, and I created a public speaking program and business called Between the Words. So the bit about me is I work in television, film, and on stage when we can now safely gather again whenever those days come, but there's light at the end of the tunnel for that. So I do television and film work. So I do a lot of camera work and performance, and then also some corporate coaching around human skills, uh, generally referred to as soft skills, communication skills. But I rather like Simon Sinek's point of view that these are human skills, and it's just an effective, better way to communicate for clarity, for, uh, to avoid um, any misconstrued understandings, etc. So... That's a little bit of a nutshell about what I do and who I am. Oh, and just to, you know, just so I can toot your horn a little bit, tell us some of the, the, uh, the shows and, and, and films and things that you've been on, just so that, you know, people like me can go searching through the episodes, trying to find where they can see Gary. Okay, that's very thoughtful of you. Um, one, of the, one of the shows I did just before 
the lockdown and we we shot it a year ago was the expanse which is a scientific uh science uh fantasy that's the genre um where it was the finale and so it was a very exciting show and a wonderful group of people and a wonderful cast and the the whole crew of the expanse are just so professional and so fun to be around uh designated survivor molly's game let me think uh, years ago uh, the Virgin Suicides, uh, a variety of, of television shows throughout and some movies of the week. And in terms of stage, I apprenticed at Stratford, understudied a series of roles in The Merchant of Venice and King Lear, and really honed my skills about how to do the work that I do today in those rehearsal rooms. So I spent... Uh, stage time around Ontario doing some summer stock. I've recently written a play, which I'm going to be workshopping through the uh, Essential Theatre Collective in St. Catharines, which will hopefully be produced down the road. That's what we're looking for. So it, there, there, there's a melange of things I just try to keep busy with. And I've also written and we've shot two episodes from a webisode that I've written called Drive. It's a limited series of six episodes. We have two produced and my partner, uh, Juan Carlos Velas, and I have written four scripts. So those are yet to be shot. So keeps me off the streets and out of trouble. <laughs> I love it. That's one of my favorite things about working with um, people who do simulation work and experiential learning, which is uh, how we got introduced to through a mutual friend that uh, Whiteboard had used uh, very frequently for experiential learning. That's Chris Ryan. Um, and uh, I always think it's so fun, you know, to say that I know famous people, you know, I think oh. I, I, I must have just about died one day when I saw Chris Ryan on, on a show that I was watching. I just... I just howled and, and thought it was so exciting. So I have yet, I'm still waiting for you to, to let me know which episode of Designated Survivor it is so that I can go peek it out. And I, I do love uh, sci-fi and, and science fantasy. So I am uh, going to restart Expanse uh, again, oh. just to get to the finale so I can see you and have that same moment of elation. <laughs> well, thank you very kindly. I appreciate you mentioned You mentioned Chris, he's, he's a wonderful friend. And he's inordinately talented, both as an actor and also as a writer. He's, he's, he's very, very gifted. He's got a couple of plays that he's written in a few screenplays. Um, so I keep on trying to, to push him to, to throw his stuff out there. But he's also doing really, really great facilitation corporate work as well, where he's taken his skills and he's rolled it in for the benefit of those to whom he serves. So uh, I'm, I'm glad you brought him up. He's uh, He's a fun, good guy, and I applaud your uh, your use of him. Oh, he's one of one of my favorite people, right next to you, Gary. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So let's start a little. Tell us, tell us what a public speaking coach does. Let's back it right up and say, what does a public speaking speaking coach do, and why would someone need them, especially right now? I believe that what my job is I support anyone who has a message that they need to express. And typically that might be a keynote address where a person within a corporation has to present to a series of shareholders or stakeholders 
or anybody who does a keynote address in front of an audience with a salient convicted message to promote and to communicate. My job is to distill what the message is that the speaker wants to communicate and help get rid of all the distractions that can sometimes get in the way of you presenting a message. The job really is to connect with your audience and have a relationship with your audience. And that relationship gets broken down to very simply the question, what do I know about my audience? That if I didn't know about them, I wouldn't be speaking to them because you're in front of an audience based on who you know them to be and what they need that they can glean from your message in order to move forward in a positive, productive way. So my job is to help the speaker be clear, be authentic, avoid distractions that can impede the message, and then promote them all the way to delivering that keynote, whether it's on through a webinar or whether it's actually on stage. Wonderful. And so, Anna, you're get, you know, we knew this was going to happen. <laughs> I, I was going to go off script. I mean, if I ever have the absolute honor and pleasure of delivering a keynote or anything like that, yes, Lord help me if I could stay on script. That's what you'll be. That's what you'll be coaching me on at that point. Um, but you, you know, one of the first the points you said that was so interesting to me was connecting and building a relationship with my audience. Mm -hmm. And this has been a huge focus for me um, as, as Whiteboard does leadership training, communication mm -hmm. training, uh, collaboration and, you know, effective partnerships and relationship training. Mm -hmm. This idea of, of now in a virtual world, can you share with us some of the tips that you use um, and coach your clients on to develop this relationship with their virtual audience? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for asking. It's a great question because within the last year, most communication has now gone to a video screen because we simply cannot gather safely until we're told we can. At and least here in Ontario. At least here in Ontario. Yes, it's we just... Seem, we seem to be the only ones that are... Well, if, if, you, if, if you look east, they're noticing a little bit of an uptick and there are, I mean, this is a moving target that is, that is uh, pretty challenging to manage. There is light at the end of the tunnel. But until then, what is remarkable is that 90% of meetings going back to 2012 actually happened through webinars. It's not as though the last year has just be new. Webinars have been used going back at least to 212. So we're about 10 years in. Hmm. But, but in the adjustment, because psychologically, I think the difference is we always had an option. And it's the person-to-person -person moments in meetings that we tend to value the most, or we tend to find our most productive, or it's the way that we can create relationships because there's rapport building and there's reading nuanced behavior that gives you little uh, impulses to respond to that help gel a nice trusting relationship wherein anything that you're there to do can be conducted properly in a way that everybody feels good. So then enter 
the last year and everything is done through any number of virtual platforms. So some of the things that can help you is to just on a technical level, when you're sitting down in your seat, just because it can be exhausting, getting zoomed out and sitting down can be very, very diminishing physically over time. If you sit three inches from the edge of your seat so that your sit bones are right on the edge there, and then you do something as simple as imagining that you're I'm going to hopefully just follow along with me here. Nicole. I am. Go. I am. I was okay. just going to say, listeners, follow along because I am moving to the edge of my seat, three inches from the edge. Okay. Now, remember when you were a kid, and hopefully we still have the kid in all of us, where we take a balloon and we, we rub it against our clothing and then we stick it to the ceiling or the wall and that static keeps it there? Yeah. Remember? Okay. Imagine that your head has got that static and you're just a millimeter beneath the ceiling above you allow that there's just there's just a change in your energy where you're thinking up and what it does is it just straightens you out so that you're not rigid your breathing is relaxed and you're thinking up and the energy changes and there's nothing mystical about this this is simply physics it's, it's simply wild I, it is. i'm sitting here and i feel like i'm having an out-of-body experience well, that, that means that you are more present than previously. It simply allows you to be I, I, not so much in a heightened reality, but in a focused reality. So that the message that comes from you moving forward in ever, whatever your delivery is will actually be very clear. And it's just a simple adjustment. The other adjustment to bear in mind while you're doing that, you might feel a little bit of a lengthening in your neck, just a sensation. It's thinking up as opposed to thinking down. That will also minimize the movements that you show on screen. You may not move your hands as much. You may not scratch yourself as much. You may not do all those, add all those physical affectations that can actually distract from your message. I feel so, like I'm wearing a bit of an Elizabethan collar, like uh, my, you know, like I feel like my head is, is, you know, like a Barbie head. It's just kind of perched on the ed of, edge of popping off. That's the feeling. That's exactly <laughs> the feeling. And where you have your eyes open, that's where all the information comes in. So you can be very, very focused and alive and present. And that's a simple physical adjustment. It's a physiology. It has nothing to do with visualization per se, really. And it was based on a man by the name of Alexander, who in the 1800s had some physical impairments and wanted to avoid surgery. So he just looked at everything that he did in terms of his own kinesiology, his own movement, and realized, you know what, I make a lot of moves that are completely unnecessary. I don't have to use my hands to get up. I don't have to use my hands to sit down. And so part of the movement of an actor's training is through Alexander so that one's carriage and deportment becomes uh, less distracting and more specific and succinct. That turns into a clearer, unobstructed message, most particularly when you are looking down the lens of the camera. The less you move, the less distraction on the screen. So interesting. Can I ask a question? There Please. Again? 
please. So, you know, in a lot of my, you know, and maybe it depends on whether you're delivering kind of a keynote message to a very large group and it's a, a passive delivery, kind of a, a speech or yeah, versus a, a conversation. I mean, mm-hmm. I speak with my hands all the time and mm-hmm. I've been encouraging others on video not to necessarily speak with their hands, but, you know, give a, a thumbs up or an A-OK as kind of a, a symbol of engagement. Am mm-hmm. I, have, I, have I been doing it all wrong? No, not necessarily. I fully appreciate the need to, well, your, your body is responding to an impulse. What you're looking for is, is there a, is there a dissonance or a, a disconnection? Is something moving in opposition to your message or to what you want to produce or communicate? So to simplify what that means, if you are speaking and your hands are always, so let's allow that you have both of your hands in front and you're making opposite rotating movements with them. You know how you're really excited and your, your hands move in opposition and you're just rotating them around. That doesn't mean anything other than if I really knew what I wanted to communicate, I wouldn't have to use my hands to do it. Wow. But if you move purposely, for instance, if I wanted to say the distance between two objects is a straight line, I might take and pinch my thumb and my finger on my left hand and then joining my right hand, I might then move away so that I can visually create a ruler between both hands showing distance. So when I move purposely in a purposeful way, the message is supported by my body. So there isn't anything wrong when you said thumbs up. That's a very specific purposeful move. When you're unclear about what it is you want to say, the body ends up taking over. And there would be a dissonance between what is being communicated through your body versus what is being communicated through your speech. When those two are together, it becomes very powerful. So, and there are simple exercises that you can do in order to move the extraneous motions and just make it thoughtful without being constricted, without losing your improvisational quality or the extemporaneous quality of your delivery. Because I'm not talking about being wooden and being afraid and being restricted. I'm talking about being focused and purposeful so that everything you do and say is symbiotic. Does that make sense? Yes. And I I was actually going to say, oh, you know, I want to try and summarize this, you know, so we're sitting three inches from the edge of our seat. Uh, We've got, imagine an Elizabethan collar kind of (laughs) holding our head up high, or you're a Barbie with her head about to be popped Mm -hmm. off. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you are, you know, actively engaging your hands thoughtfully, so that you aren't making movements that that don't add value to the words that you're saying. Yes. They are intentional, they are purposeful, and they add impact, they don't distract. Yes, that's exactly it. And this is not an original idea. If you happen to be leafing through the play Hamlet, 
<laughs> which was written 400 years ago. There is a scene where Hamlet is coaching a troupe of actors that are going to perform at the castle. And he gives directing notes and he says, and I'm paraphrasing, otherwise Shakespeare's going to roll over in his grave. <laughs> he says, avoid sawing the air this way and that. Meaning if you're going to use your hands, use them to communicate your message as opposed to just sawing the air without meaning. I love it. I love it. So impactful. So impactful. Yeah. So, okay. So, and, and so we wanted to find out how we can connect and build a relationship with our audience. Because I mm -hmm. loved what you said about that. And, you know, as, as I'm coaching and, and, and facilitating with groups, they're wanting to know, you know, how can I better connect and engage? Mm -hmm. And so implementing these tips right away create, mm -hmm. in, I'm going to say, you know, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm totally just summarizing this, but create impact mm -hmm. in your messaging and that should create natural, natural engagement? Yes. So let's allow that you have, let's allow that you know something about your audience and I'm going to be general in profile here. Let's allow that I am, or you are, presenting to a sales force, a, a, a people who are involved in sales and in business development and looking for clients and presenting a product on behalf of their company to serve another client. Let's allow that that's your audience. I might do a few things before I speak or present. I might call people who are in that industry and just ask them about why they do it. Just ask them about what their challenges are, what their victories are, whether that's a roller coaster experience. And I might learn, I might glean from finding out about people who are in the sales profession that they love a level of autonomy. They don't want to be behind a desk all the time given COVID, this is where we are right now. Uh, but on the day, they, there is a level of autonomy where they like being their own person, their own boss, even though they work with a team. So there's, a, there, there's that aspect of, I like to go out and, and, and manage myself. The other thing that I like to do is I'm, I like the thrill. I actually like the experience of finding someone who I can help, and I like the thrill of the hunt. I also, because I'm probably being evaluated based on my performance monthly, I always have a scorecard that I have to live up to. I have to sell so many widgets. I have to close so many deals. I have targets I have to hit. And let's allow that January, I really outperformed. Well, February rolls around. It's the end of February. My manager is probably going to sit down and say, wow, you did really quite well in January. What could you have done different in February? So I know that as a salesperson, there's a constant need to justify or defend or to put in perspective how a performance has varied from month to month to month. Those might be elements that I will know about anybody operating in sales. Some live and die, metaphorically, by their metrics. So they win 
and then not so much, and then sometimes yes. So if I know that about you, my message is then curated deliberately, specifically to help to help you succeed. And that is, there's a buy-in to, if you listen to what I have to say, you may find that if you incorporate the following steps, we can move you from this performance capability to that performance. Because when you're speaking with someone, you're taking them from point one to point 10, from A to, to J. You're moving them from one place to another. But convincing them can be difficult. So the more you know about their world, the more you create engagement because what you say to them genuinely resonates with their world. It's appropriate and particular to them. So now there's a symbiosis. Now you have a relationship. You have that specific knowledge that you have about them and your message resonates with them on a visceral level because they can relate to it. When you start mentioning things that they're experiencing, they start extrapolating in their own mind to what has happened. That's a visceral experience. That's where your relationship takes place. And then they're open to how you can help. Or they might be sitting back, determining whether or not it's going to be helpful, but you've got them engaged. So I have to interject with a hilarious story about Good. Gary and I. Okay. <laughs> it's, about, it's about you and I. Yes. Um, before I summarize this point and kind of link it all together. So, uh, you know, Gary and I, uh, you know, had connected because I, I was looking for additional facilitators to help support a project. Um, and so we kind of kept in touch intermittently, kind of seeing how, how things were going. And so uh, Gary and I connected one day and, you know, I wish I could remember the sequence of questions. But essentially, Gary turned our light hearted catch up at within three questions had drilled down to a pain point I was having and turned the entire thing into uh, how he could assist and help me with something that I was struggling with. And I, I remember at the end of the conversation, I said, Oh my goodness, Gary, this was supposed to be a catch up call. And I really wanted to hear what you were up to, but I got sucked in hard by your amazing open-ended questions. And this, you know, the, the, the safe space that you created for me to kind of dump on you uh, the challenges I was having that day. It was absolutely incredible. And, you know, this is this was probably Gary and my second or maybe third phone call together. It's not like we've known each other for 20 years. I, I think it's I think it's three. What, what was wonderful is how is how open you were to sharing. That, that was the real benefit that because I could ask a question and you, you engaged, I learned a great deal from you and you essentially led me to the discovery that I could make about you that we could then continue working beyond that. So I, I'm grateful to your, to being open. I think that's, and you've touched on something very important, Nicole, to coach the, the person being coached or the audience in front of you, the transaction is that they're willing to give you the benefit of the doubt that maybe the message that you're presenting to them or the coaching that you're providing will actually be a benefit. So if you have that 
relationship established that you're there to serve and that you're open and it is a safe space, then good work can take place. It's, 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 it, no, go ahead. Oh, you know, and you just created that space and I honestly didn't even know it was happening. Right. Mm. It was just like, I, I, I was instantly engaged. Now, you know, listen, part of me, yeah, I'm an extrovert. I'm, I'm an oversharer by nature. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, you know, that ability to be completely open, that's just, you know, I chronically share too much information with far too many people. I'm a completely open book. Okay. Um, uh, but you also created that safety that I don't think I would have felt with someone that I, you know, you know, we haven't even met in person, we've only met online and on video, you know, so I think it's an absolute testament to the skills that you can teach people about being engaging. And so if I'm going to summarize, I'm going back to my list. I love lists. Beautiful. So we're sitting, we're sitting on the edge of our seat. We've yes. got, the, we've got the collar on mm -hmm. um, We're we're being intentional about our hand gestures and making sure that they are purposeful and add value and are deeply connected to the words that we're saying. Mm -hmm. And now if we truly want to start building a relationship and connections with our audience, and mm -hmm. it's, we have the ability to have a two-way conversation, mm -hmm. we begin asking really great open-ended questions mm -hmm. that allow us to build rapport, trust, connection, sameness, all of those things. Did I encapsulate that properly? Yes, that's true. That's exactly it. And if, if you're thinking about this practically, when you are delivering a webinar, for instance, or if you have to make a presentation, there may or may not be room for open-ended questions. Those open-ended questions can actually come in in your research of what you need to know about your audience and what they're willing to hear. And then you can open up in the chat, for instance, and this is a very, very functional aspect of delivering your message through a webinar, you can actually plant those questions in the chat. You can ask very, very targeted questions, which if you have a moderator, it's great because then those questions can be relayed to you or those responses relayed to you. But you can keep an eye on the chat so that you can create that engagement and a good open-ended question will open up the engagement because it's not closed. It can be a matter of, tell me about your greatest challenge. Tell me about your greatest victory. What was the difference between the two? If you were to look at either of those elements, what do you think re was the result or what led to the result of either of those two results? If you ask open questions like that, you can then drill down by saying things like, it's, the comment was, this is what had happened. Tell me a little bit more about the A piece in what happened. So you're able to pick up clues and drill down to get underneath what your audience would like to hear from you within the context of your message. That is one way through a webinar to have that engagement. A question will always engage the listener or the viewer who in some cases is multitasking on occasion with the camera off. So questions are a great way to keep people engaged. It certainly speaks to that, that um, 
two sides, right? Asking mm-hmm. great questions and then yes. really actively listening. And again, right. as a, someone with a preference for extroversion, I am uh, my tendency is to think about the next great thing that I'm going to say. So I always have to exercise my active listening muscle and uh, whisk that away and get deep into what someone is saying, really actively absorbing it so that my uh, follow-up question or my follow-up comment is deeply related to what was said. And that, again, helps build that connection with your audience. So I love that either as in preparation for a webinar or as part of the chat in the webinar, all of those things in the Q and a, right? Yes, exactly. And I might say that it's very clear that you're a good listener because you make a point of recapping so that I I feel, I feel heard. If we were to do this as a coaching thing, I feel heard by your ability to, whether you're taking notes or whether pieces are resonating. Now you're reflecting them back to me. So that I know, oh, great. Okay. Nicole and I are making sense to each other. This is good. And it gives us the option to either come up with another question or to make an observation, which you've done. So nicely done. Thank you. It's a years of years of facilitation that uh, help that really make that a, you know, a relatively easy skill for me now. Um, I would say sometimes on a podcast, I I forget myself and get carried away and in the excitement or clubhouse. Now I get a little carried away in the excitement. Um, But thank you. I appreciate that. So now you do uh, communication performance coaching and Mm -hmm. public speaking coaching. Mm -hmm. Can can you tell me about the difference between those two? The communication coaching is about really the nuance in a conversation. So it might involve a greeting the way that you greeted me during this podcast that we're on right now, this interview. And you started by building some really, really nice, genuine, authentic rapport. That made me feel welcome. It made me feel put at ease. It allowed for my excitement and I felt safe and respected and really, really excited about speaking with you. That would be an element of communication coaching. There are sometimes, depending on the nature of your conversation, you may not build any rapport or the circumstances may not allow it. So the coaching, the communication coaching comes down to when you engage another individual, what is the information that you're gleaning from their behavior what is their demeanor not so necessarily the body language because you and i are over uh this is an audio there's no visual happening here so i'm listening to the demeanor in your voice i'm reading your behavior as we speak and one of two things will happen it's either a happy story or it's a sad story it's either a popsicle that's very refreshing on a hot day, or it's a paper cut. One of the two (laughs) things, right? One of the two things has happened. So communication coaching might be, hi, Nicole, it's nice to see you. I'm looking forward to this. And you say, well, you know, I hope this works out. It's been a heck of a day. Immediately, that's a paper cut. So my response would be, 
Oh, boy. Sounds like life happens when you're making plans. That, uh, and I can appreciate, well, maybe this has been more of an irritating day than you set out for. Tell me a little bit what happened. So the communication coaching is my responding authentically and genuinely empathetically, because that's what I'm getting from you. Things are in, uh, things are in conflict with you on whatever level they are. But that's what I'm hearing. So communication coaching is really about listening and responding. And the coaching comes in around being effective. I'm sometimes like a, a, a phrasing or, or grammar police that you may feel empathetic, but I may not sense it from you. So on occasion, when I hear the phrase, okay, that's going to be incredibly frustrating. I can appreciate where this has really, really screwed up your day. Great. I can actually feel that empathy. And that makes me feel validated and it makes me feel seen. And then the benefit to you is that you've opened up the opportunity to continue dialogue as you're building trust. Because now we see each other, which means that I can trust you, which means we can have a challenging conversation or a self-betraying conversation that might normally be something you don't want to talk about, but you feel comfortable enough. So you'll go out on the skinny branch a little bit because we have a respectful conversation where we're both safe. That would be an element of communication coaching. The other element might be me checking in to say, okay, Nicole, I've just inundated you with a story around empathy and how to use it. Does that make sense? So it's not about my giving you a lecture. It's about my checking in. So I'll ask, Nicole, based on that example of empathy, does that all sit in the right place? Wonderful. I, I, I love this idea of the grammar police, the tone police. I, I've been really, especially in this virtual world, been kind of harping on um, uh, that words matter. The words you choose mm -hmm. are so impactful, especially as, as leaders, as individuals, as parents, husbands, wives, partners, family mm -hmm. members. The word choice is so important. And then I love this idea of, you know, the tone and is there empathy embedded in that? I, I, I'm, I'm really uh, resonating uh, with that in, in community. So if let me, I'm going to try and summarize again to make sure I've, I've captured it as, as, as well as I felt it hearing okay. you talk to me. Um, communication coaching is about how to um, use uh, your tone, um, your words um, to make people feel um, welcome at ease safe, excited, um, and, and create a, gosh, uh, you're, you're almost kind of setting a scene. Uh, do, do I have, I, I, I don't know, do I have it right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, you do. And, and, and I love where you said, it's, it's, a, it's as though you're creating a scene. And the piece behind that, if you pull back the curtain on that a bit, is that the scene you're creating is just a place of, we're both okay. We've got things to deal with. We've got things to talk about. But I can trust that you're not going to take away my dignity and I'm not going to take away yours. 
And now we get in the safety of whatever the environment is, we get a chance to see each other and just communicate honestly and respectfully. And that frequently is, is what is the foundation of the firmament that allows everything else to follow. So then you can then get into whatever, if you're housekeeping metaphorically, that's a, a turn of phrase that when you're facilitating, you, will, you go over the housekeeping rules. Uh, we'll have a, a bio break at this particular time. We'll be going through the following exercises. This is when we'll take lunch, et cetera. That housekeeping is a marvelous time an opportunity wherein people get put at ease if you're mindful about it. And it's not strategic. It's not manipulative. It's just doing what you would do in the service of another to put them at ease so that they're open and comfortable to participate. And that is what the engagement means, really. It allows you to be present. Yeah. So wonderful. I love that idea. You know, if you want to connect and create relationships, being present is so important. And yes, you know, I I love the physical tips that completely bring you present um, in that physiological way, you know, paired with the actual skills of asking questions, using words and tone and, and empathy in all the right ways. Mm. Let's see. And so what, you know, we're getting, I, I, wanna, I wanna make sure that we uh, tie this all up with a bow and make sure that we've shared everything about you that's so important. Is there anything else you'd, uh, if you could, um, let's see, if you could have a, well, I'm gonna put you on the spot now. Okay. If you could have <laughs> a huge billboard at Times Square and you wanted to share one message Mm-hmm. with everyone that is is super important and that you are passionate about and that drives all of the work you do, what would that billboard say? The billboard would say that you're enough. The billboard would say that you are everything you need to walk into the room and present your idea and message to a waiting audience. The billboard would say that you will always be more compelling as a human being than your message. And your message will be compelling to an audience because it gets communicated through your humanity. When you speak with a genuine conviction, the the pinch, that makes you say, ouch, when you come from that place where you honestly speak your truth, that resonates on a visceral level to your audience. It's what T.S. Eliot meant when he said, a poem's meaning is known before it's understood. So it would be a pretty big billboard because I filled it up with all kinds of messages there. Ah, I appreciate it. I was going to say, Gary, Gary, cost by the letter over here. What do you, well, I don't have a huge budget for this billboard. That's right. I, I, I would say you will always be more, you are all you need to walk into the room to present your message. And then the rest of it's just crafting it so that it's clear. 
I absolutely love it. And I, I mean, I don't know about our listeners, but they can hear. I certainly have this tingle in my skin about the message that you deliver. And even when you said that, you know, you are enough. I, you know, had that exciting butterflies in my stomach. So I, I know that our listeners are going to get the same magic from you uh, that I do because you, you are, you are so uh, magical and impactful, Gary. I don't know how else to describe it. Uh, well, they should make a million copies of you. Well, oh my gosh, thank you. <laughs> I, I hope you. I hope you. I don't know. I can't remember. I think you have two children. I hope you had a million children because that that would be so wonderful. Well, my kids are pretty good at this. Uh, I remember uh, my son, Jamie's now 21. And we, I can't remember exactly what happened a couple of years ago. So I was sitting with him and I said, you know, because of this, that happened. And he said, yeah, I completely appreciate why that would be frustrating to you. If I understand this was something that actually made things a little more complicated than you thought. And I sat back and I thought... <laughs> Oh, man, you are so good. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, yes, I, I have been lucky to be around some very, very uh, influential, smart, intelligent, kind, generous performers and coaches. So I've been able to get some pretty good experiences that have informed my, my life. I'm very, very lucky that I'm, I'm married to uh, Sharon McFarlane, who is a wonderful actress and a very, she's very effective in her communicating as well. So I get told when I'm a little too serious, when I take things too seriously. Um, but also there is, because I've worked with actors, a lot of the training that actors go through is really to distill some of the the armor that we build up just in terms of survival skills and public speaking and acting is really just getting rid of all the little things that you added to yourself in order to survive or that you thought you needed to do the best the the, the person that's that's most equipped to speak publicly is probably an infant there's nothing like an infant that can control a room. There's nothing like an infant that the moment the infant gets brought onto an airplane, everybody drops their head into the aisle wondering what kind of flight they're going to have. An infant has so much power and there's no stress in their body. And they're just extremely honest. And it's without the encumberments that you grow into as you get older. So being a public speaker or being uh, a coach and or an actor, it's just getting rid of some of those things or bracketing them over to the side so that you can be exactly who you really, really are with a thoughtful message that you believe in. So it's almost like the, 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 the sculpture is underneath the rock somewhere. You just chip away from the rock. That's your job. You help chip away at people to uh, unveil the sculpture. Wow. Thank you. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm not quite Rodin, but I'll take the compliment. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, it has been an absolute honor and a pleasure to share the microphone, share the stage, however you want to put it with you today. I know that I have a bunch of tips that I have taken away, and I know that our listeners have too. Um, 
where can people find you? Thank you. The company name or my company name is Between the Words. Between the Words. You can find me on LinkedIn under Gary Brennan. You can find me under Between the Words. And my email is between the words at GaryBrennan.ca. And that's you, Brennan, B-R-E-N-N-A-N. That's right. I also have a website. There's an actor's website that I have, GaryBrennan.ca. And there is a presentation toolbar on that website if you'd like to learn more. Otherwise, you can email me. And thank you for asking. I appreciate that. Oh, it's my pleasure. And I know that uh, Gary and I will have the pleasure to work together. I would love to bring Gary in uh, on training programs and, and uh, for clients to help build this capacity in people's teams. Because if you can, as a leader, um, deliver the, the magical kind of conversation and self-discovery uh, that Gary can deliver and, and to connect with people in that way, your organization can only fly. So thank you again. Uh, for this, Gary. It's been an absolute joy to share share this time with you. Well, it's been a, a lovely, indulgent pleasure for me. I, again, I, am, I, I really truly feel privileged and honored to be invited to your podcast. I love what you're doing with this series. It's, it's, it's very instructional. It's very instructive. And I've been, it's been a delight to be able to talk to you again. Thanks, Gary. Have a great day and we'll talk again soon. You too. Thanks for joining us at At The Whiteboard. We've had an amazing time with you here today. If you want to keep up to date with everything that At The Whiteboard podcast is doing, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can also find us on Instagram at Whiteboard Consult or on our website at www.whiteboardconsulting.ca. Talk soon.